Hey, well, good morning, church. My name's Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here. My question for you this morning is, what do you do when worry comes your way? Listen, if you ever worried about anything or if you ever worry about anything, I got good news for you. Uh, you're human. Uh, congratulations. It just means you got a heartbeat and life is hard and you've probably been through some stuff. And when you go through stuff, you start worrying about stuff and that affects your life today. All right, uh, our life experiences sort of shape our worry and how we worry and what we worry about. And then the, the problem is then our worry can also shape our experience of life. And that's, that's what I want to talk about today. I remember uh, years ago, our best friends had this old wiener dog named Pogo. Now, Pogo was fat, stiff, lumpy, smelled weird, partially blind. His hair was going gray, and he just sort of waddled. It was not the most glorious phase of life uh, for Pogo. And, but Pogo wasn't stupid. And when the little humans had food, Pogo, just like any dog that's been around the block a couple times, knows, you just hang out. You might get some. And so uh, Miles, who is now about 15, he, um, had, it was about two or three at a time, had a hot dog. And Pogo slid in there, or I guess, you know, waddled maybe, and got the, the hot dog and just like snuck it right out of the bun. And this, this rocked Miles. I mean, this little three-year-old, right? And he comes in, he said, Pogo ate my hot dog. And he was, we're like, listen, no big deal, bud. You know, we'll, we'll get you another one. And, and that's what we did. We, we set him up with another one. He was on his way. We thought the issue was resolved, but it wasn't. Because years later, I'm, not, I'm talking like two, three years later, you could be talking about something totally unrelated, and Miles would chime in, and Pogo ate my hot dog. And then, I mean, he'd be eating a hot dog, we'd be eating hot dogs, and he'd be like, I don't want Pogo to eat my hot dog. Like, he just carried this fear. And we'd be like, dude, we're, we're at Costco. Like, Pogo's not anywhere near here, you know? Listen, the stuff we went through in our past will make us worry about the future. And that can affect our present. That's what I want to talk about. Worry sort of robs us of, of today. And so it's a big deal. Because um, we're not just worried about hot dogs. We got bigger, we got bigger things to worry about than, than old wiener dogs stealing our hot dogs, right? I mean, you got stuff coming at you. How, how are you going to make the mortgage? Uh, are we ever going to get out of debt? Uh, is my, what if I lo lost my job? What if I lost my spouse? What, what if I never have a spouse? What if, uh, what, if my, this, what if this relationship never heals? Or what if I never heal? Or what if, I never, what if I never beat my depression? Or what if I never break this sin pattern? Or what if I, just, I never get better? Like, we got real stuff. You have real stuff coming at you. It's a lot bigger than, than a dog stealing our hot dogs, right? So, so this is a big deal. And there's a lot on the line. Like your well-being is on the line. That's a big deal. The needs of other people are on the line, right? Because my worry can sabotage my generosity. God's glory is on the line. Because when I worry about something, I kind of say, God, you listen, I just don't trust you about this one thing. This thing right here, I trust you with other stuff. But this thing right here, I, I, I just don't really trust you. So there's a lot on the line. This is a big deal. And since it's a big deal, Jesus has a lot to say in the matter. Luke chapter 12, 
verses 22 through 31. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week. And uh, Jesus is going to give four arguments against worry and then one eternally significant alternative. So let's read this together. And he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you are not able to do as small as thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Would you pray with me just briefly? Uh, right now, I pray, Jesus, that your word would speak loud and clear to us, that you would confront our worry and that you would show us what to do with it that we would make progress toward finding deeper peace and a greater faith in you, a better, uh, a better, more unshakable trust in you. I pray that there would be no shame, no guilt in any of my words. I pray that you would help me to be so in sync with your heart that people would hear from you this morning. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so Jesus is, here's, here's the instruction we get from him. He says, do not be anxious about your life. That, that, that do not be anxious, depending on the translation, is sometimes rendered, do not worry. So, which one is it? Do not be anxious or, or do not worry? Well, both are okay, but neither of them is perfect. Why? Well, worry isn't perfect because the word Jesus used expresses something deeper than worry. Worry happens, this was explained to me this week, uh, this week worry happens at the thought level. But, but the word Jesus used there, while it includes the thoughts, it goes deeper, right? It's, it's, it's like the thoughts that can trouble you, so, so you, you, you feel it. Now, anxiety, on the other hand, certainly involves the thoughts and therefore worry, but also the feelings and the body. Okay, so anxiety, in addition to worry, can affect your emotions and it can affect you physiologically. And, and Jesus might have that in mind too. 
But what he does not have in mind is anxiety disorders. He's not addressing anxiety disorders. And that's where the confusion can kind of come in with the word anxious here. Jesus is not talking about anxiety disorders. Now, what he says in this text can certainly speak into anxiety disorders. It's an important piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole picture. So I want to be clear that we're not talking about what we're talking about here today is somewhere between worry and a more common anxiety. There's a, there's a sort of a common anxiety or an everyday anxiety that, that we're, we're all going to experience from time to time. Uh, but then there's also anxiety disorders. And, and we're not talking about that, but I want to say, I want to, it's just kind of a side note, I want to be very clear. If you suffer from an anxiety disorder, if you ever have, if you are now, or if you ever do in the future, which statistically, one out of every three of us at some point in life will have some experience with an anxiety disorder. So it's, if it's not you, it's the person to the left or the right of you. This is a very common thing. Um, I want you to hear something really clearly right now. Okay. First of all, you're not crazy. Second of all, God's not mad at you about this. Okay. To suffer from an anxiety disorder is not a sin. God wants you to find the help you need. I want you to hear that. You can have Jesus and a counselor too, okay? You can have Jesus and a therapist too. And, and I encourage you to do so if, if, if you suffer from an anxiety disorder. But today, we're, we're talking about the type of worry that everyone's going to experience. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. He mentions the food, the clothes, He's talking about the basics, the essentials, right? He's, he's, he's talking about the little stuff that pertain to this world. He's saying, do not be consumed with or fixated on the, the, the small things of this world. Does that, does that make sense? Jesus is saying, the, the details of this world, I just, I just don't want you to lose sleep over them. I don't want the, the, the little stuff of this world to be what preoccupies you. Now, notice in this text, Jesus doesn't just say, knock it off. Right? That's kind of the message a lot of churches and a lot of Christians preach when it comes to worry. Like, well, Jesus says don't do it, so knock it off. And I'm going to tell you, it's not super helpful. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, guys, Jesus sweated blood. He was familiar with anguish. He was deeply familiar with the effect that hardship can have on a person's mind, on a person's emotions, and even on a person's body. So Jesus isn't superficial when he addresses worry, right? He gives us a very, what I believe to be a very deep, compelling four-part argument against worry. And here it is. Number one, Jesus says, life is too important. Look at verse 23. He says, for life is more than food and your, your body, it's more than clothes. He's saying that, guys, this life and your existence in it, it's far too important to spend it worrying about the, the littler things. This life and your existence in it, they're about so much more than just, man, what am I going to eat or what clothes am I going to wear? 
I don't have to convince you. Uh, everyone in this room knows that life is so much bigger than the, than the little things that we can fixate on, right? There's sunsets to behold and books to be read and songs to be sang and trails to be hiked and fish to be caught and art to be created and briskets to be smoked. And more importantly than that, there's children to be encouraged and people to be hugged and needs to be met and purpose to be discovered and a gospel to be proclaimed and a Bible to be taught and an amazing God to be enjoyed. Y'all, this life is far too important to allow yourself to get ripped off by worrying about the small stuff, especially the stuff that's outside of your control. Life's too important. Number two, Jesus says, you, I love this. This is Jesus saying this, right? This is not me. You are too invaluable. Like, here's his argument. He goes, you're so stinking precious to God that I don't want you to get ripped off by worry. Verse 24, he says, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. Those bums don't have jobs. They have neither storehouse nor barn. They don't have a, they don't have savings accounts or 401ks, yet God feeds them. This is an argument from the lesser to the greater of how much more value are you than the birds? I want you to hear that right now. You say, man, the birds, they're, 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 they matter to God just like a little tiny bit. And, he, and, and he, he, he takes care of them. God's gonna take care of you. You're, you're so much more precious, so much more valuable than the birds, if God takes care of the birds too and they don't have a job or a bank account, trust me, he, he is gonna take care of you. God is a perfect parent. He's the perfect parent. And he always provides for his children. Think about this. He gave his son for us. He gave, he gave his son for you. He gave his son for me. If he gave his son for us, listen, he is generous and his generosity makes him trustworthy. Why do you trust, why can we trust God? He's so generous, he gave us a son. He'll, he'll give us what, he, what, what we need. This is Paul's argument in Romans 8, 32. I love this, he says, talking about God, the Father, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. God gave his son for you. You can trust him with the little things, okay? Life's too important. You're too invaluable. And then Jesus says, worry is too ineffective. Verse 25. And which of you, this, this is brilliant. I love how he words this here. Which of you, just by being anxious, by just getting real worried, can add a single hour to your lifespan? This could also be tra uh, uh, translated, which of you just by being worried could get a foot taller? Just, I'm gonna worry so much, I'm gonna grow. It, it, it's just, <laughs> like, have you ever heard the old joke? Uh, don't just sit there, worry, right? Uh, like just by fretting about something, you can't solve any problems. Like the notion of that is, is silly. You know, when you say it out loud, just think about that. Like, man, man, if I really just worry about this thing, maybe that bill will get paid. Or if I really crank up the worry in my life, maybe my, my marriage will, will, will get better. You know, it's just by worrying about stuff, we can't fix any of our problems. Jesus says, verse 26, if then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you 
anxious about the rest. And then he gives another example. I love it. He says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They think of a person in the ancient times uh, working hard to spin yarn and then weave that yarn together to clothe themselves. He says, look at the lilies. They don't do that. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory, remember King Solomon with all the gold and the palace and all the fancy drip, man, even Solomon was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon wasn't clothed like there's just a little flower. So Jesus' logic here, so if God so clothes the grass, I love that imagery that Jesus looks at, at, at flowers like grass clothing. If, if, if God so clothes the grass with these just wonderful, this wonderful clothing, and the grass is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Uh, not a lot of wood in Palestine, uh, so they had to burn grass and other plants uh, for fuel and cooking and so on, okay? So the grass, it's, it's, it's here, and day, here today and gone tomorrow. It's fickle, it's, it's, it's brief, but his argument is that you are not. Okay. The, the grass is, 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 is temporary and of little significance, but you are an eternal soul of immeasurable value to God. And so if he comes up with this great clothing for, for the grass, which is not that big of a deal, he's gonna take care of you. That's Jesus's argument here. He's gonna clothe you. Oh, you of little faith. Now, I love this. He doesn't actually say, oh, you of little faith. This is just one Greek word, and it's like a nickname. Little faithers. That's, that's what this, if you were to try to translate this literally, he, it, 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 it's like, he says, oh, little faithers. And that's just a harsh nickname. <laughs> like, man, that, that is, I don't know about you, but that, that, if I'm honest, that, that describes me. I think Jesus really wants us to know, not only is life too important, you're too invaluable, and worry is too ineffective. Number four, God is too involved. Okay. Verse 29, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. He's, saying, he's not saying don't work, don't have a job. He's not saying don't make yourself a sandwich. He's simply saying don't let worry surrounding them be the thing that consumes you. Verse 30, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. That's what I mean by God is too involved, right? Don't lose sleep over the little things in life, Jesus is saying, because to do that is to act no differently than the people of the world who don't know God. Guys, but, but, but we know God. We, 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 we know God. We, we, we read in here that he, he, he knows what we got going on. He knows our problems. He knows the solutions. He knows what we need. And he's willing to take care of us. He, he's not always going to give us what we want. Sometimes when my kid asks for an ice cream cone, I say no. And sometimes I say yes. God's not always going to give us what we want 
all the time, but he will give us everything we need to get all the way to the finish line. Okay, you've got to trust that God will provide. He's, he's so involved in your life. He knows what you need. So Jesus gives us these four compelling arguments. Life's too important. You're too invaluable. Worry's too in ineffective. And God is too involved to allow yourself to be ripped off by worry. And now he, I love it because he doesn't just create a void. He doesn't say, hey, stop worrying and here's all the reasons why uh, and leave that space in us empty. He gives an alternative, an eternally significant alternative, a better option, and says, instead, right, instead of being consumed with worry over the little things of this earth, what do I want you to do? Instead, seek his kingdom. And all these things, they'll be added to you. Do you hear what Jesus is saying there? Rather than letting worry consume you. He's saying, I want you to be consumed with a passion for the kingdom. He's saying, and first of all, what's the kingdom? Right? Every, every kingdom needs one thing. They need a king. Okay. So the kingdom of God is the place where Jesus is king. Anywhere Jesus is king, that's the kingdom. Jesus is king and everything is submitted, joyfully submitted to his loving Reign. That's the kingdom. And, and, and then, therefore, to seek that kingdom, what Jesus is saying, is to, is to trade in your worry for his sovereignty. To, to, to seek the kingdom is sort of to put down fear and pick up faith. To seek the kingdom is to remind yourself that Jesus is still on the throne. He's still doing a pretty darn good job of it and I can trust him, and I can be about what he's about, okay? To seek the kingdom is to align your affections with Jesus and to focus your energy on what he's about, on, on his will. Jesus says, listen, you do that, the other stuff, it's, it's gonna come along for the ride. Okay, you do that, the other stuff, it's, it's gonna fall into place. God will, God will take care of you. All these things will be added to you. So the question I started with is what do you do when worry comes your way? All right, here it is. What do you do when worry comes your way? When worry comes your way, pause, process, and pray. I know it's cheesy, I don't even care. It's gonna stick in your brain, okay? When worry comes your way, pause, process, and pray. I know it's cheesy, but you're gonna remember it and then you're gonna do it and Jesus is gonna change your life. And so it's gonna be worth it, all right? So what, what do you do when worry comes your way? Pause, process, and pray. What do I mean by that? When worry comes your way, right? It's going to come your way, right? You're human. So when you find yourself consumed with worry, I encourage you to pause. Just wherever you're at, just breathe. And then process. Say, okay, what's going on in me right now? Process through Jesus' four-part four argument against worry. Okay, life's, life's bigger than this thing I'm worried about. I know I'm precious to God. I'm invaluable. Okay, the worrying's not going to fix anything. It's ineffective. And God's involved. He, he knows what I need. Process through that and then pray. With that, pray. Say, okay, Jesus. <laughs> Here I am again, worrying about 
fill in the blank. And I know this life's a lot bigger than whatever this thing is I'm worrying about right now. I know because your word says, I know I'm so stinking precious to you that you don't want this thing to rip me off. I, I, I know that I'm not gonna fix any of these problems by worrying about it. It's not gonna do any good, but it's hard. I know, I know that you're involved. I know that you know what I need. I know that you know my problems. I know that you know the solutions. So would you help me again trust you? Even if just for the next five minutes, would you help me trust you? Would you help me have peace? Would you help me seek the kingdom? You do that, it's not gonna fix all your problems but you will see progress. I gotta believe it. You'll move the needle in this area. And that's pretty good, right? I mean, just imagine your life, wherever you're at right now, imagine your life with 10% less worry and 10% more peace. That sounds pretty good, right? It's worth a shot. It's not gonna fix everything, but I believe that it'll, it'll, it'll help you make progress. And now. I was talking to a, uh, a good friend and um, a, brilliant, a brilliant counselor this week, and she gave me an image that's very, very helpful. She said, imagine your, your, your brain and your thoughts and so on and so forth like a forest. And, and every time you have a certain way of thinking, it's like going down a, a same path, and you go down that path over and over and over again. And the more you go down that path, the more the path gets beaten down and established and easier to take. And so then to choose to trust God rather than worry, is like, it's like taking a new path. It's gonna be really hard at first because th there's no path there. But the, the second time is gonna be just a little bit easier. And the third time is a little bit easier. Why? Because every time you go down that new path, it's gonna get more and more established. And over time, what's gonna happen? That old path, it's gonna slowly grow over. And it'll be less tempting to take that old path. And it'll be, it'll, it'll be easier to take that new path. And, and, and the more you take that new path and you just keep taking it and you keep taking it, pretty soon it will get more and more established until pretty soon that new path, it's just your path. Okay. We ain't in heaven yet, guys. One day, we're gonna be free from all this garbage, all this struggle, one day, it's gone. It's gonna be amazing, but we ain't there yet. But I do believe that what Jesus offers us in the meantime is just a little to heaven. Okay, just a little, a little, a little spoonful of it. Melanie and I, we make dinner together. It's one of my favorite things. And there's that moment uh, right before the meal's ready and I've been smelling it and I'm getting hungry. And she says, come on over and taste this. And I take one spoonful. And I go, oh man, this is gonna be good. It's not the full meal. It's not the real thing yet. But what does it do? It tells me, man, the thing that's coming, it's gonna be good. Don't settle for a bag of potato chips right now. Don't waste your stomach space on that. Don't, don't, don't let garbage food rip you off. There's something better coming. Keep waiting, right? Jesus gives us a little spoonful of heaven right now, a little spoonful of heavenly peace right now can be experienced. So, so worry is gonna come your way. The question is, what are you gonna do with it? Jesus says, 
seek the kingdom. We're going to sing a song now that celebrates the sweetness of trusting Jesus. Would you stand and, and let's worship our King together.